This is Generation Justice, a multiracial project that trains youth to harness the power of community through media, narrative, and critical consciousness. I'm Emilio Boale. And I'm Ariana Cordova. We'd like to remind you that this program broadcasts from the rightful lands of the Tiwa people. This week, we focus on growth, community, and equity. We bring you an interview with Catherine McGill, the founder and director of the New Mexico Black Leadership Council, also known as the NMBLC, and Kendra Hill, who is the deputy director at the NMBLC. They share about the resources that the New Mexico Black Leadership Council offers and the essential vaccine equity work that they've been doing as part of the Better Together Coalition. This evening, we'll also hear an inspiring and uplifting commentary from GJ intern and social media manager, Madumita Santanam. And don't miss out on our weekly community calendar and great music, especially selected for you. That's right. Yesterday was Earth Day, and to celebrate, we bring you Oh, What a World by Casey Musgraves, a song about the beauty of the Earth and all the wonderful things Mother Earth gives to us. Our listeners are in for a treat tonight. You hear about the New Mexico Black Leadership Council, their mission, history, resources, and their vaccine equity work. We hear directly from their founder and director, Catherine McGill, and Deputy Director, Kendra Hill. Here is our Executive Director, Roberta Rayel, our interviewer for this wonderful segment. This is Roberta Rayel with Generation Justice, and I'm speaking today with Catherine McGill, who is the founder and director of the New Mexico Black Leadership Council, and Kendra Hill, who is the deputy director for the Black Leadership Council. Catherine is a seasoned nonprofit public administrator, an accomplished producer, and a favorite featured singer, songwriter, and actress. She is the founder and director of the New Mexico Black History Organizing Committee, Rainbow Studio Theater, and the New Mexico Black Leadership Council uh, as well. Kendra hails into New Mexico from Virginia, has been in New Mexico since 2014, spent her first few years in New Mexico serving in the early childhood world, and now is the deputy director of the Black Leadership Council. The New Mexico Black Leadership Council is tasked with managing a viable and sustainable social profit sector targeted at serving the needs of Black New Mexicans with the ultimate goal to create, a tr to create true multiculturalism in New Mexico. I want to welcome you both to Generation Justice. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anything either of you would like to add about who you are and um, any of the work that you're doing in New Mexico? Catherine, I'd like to start with you, please. I don't think there's anything to add. Um, uh, just, you know, trying to suit up and show up every day to do what I think is going to be required of us. Kendra? And um, I don't think there's anything to add to that either. Um, I just enjoy waking up every day knowing that uh, the work that I'm doing is making a real impact that is, you know, transformative that's in, in our community. So 
that's, I think you hit the nail on the head with our introductions. Thank you. So tell us a little bit more about the New Mexico Black Leadership Council. I'd love to hear from you, Catherine, the mission and the history, and then Kendra, I'd love to hear from you some of the current work that, that you're working on. So the evolution of New Mexico Black Leadership Council um, comes from my many years of experience of being in New Mexico and watching the tricultural myth play out in the political, social, and cultural landscape in New Mexico. And what that really means is that Black communities in New Mexico have been historically excluded from those arenas, both political, social, cultural landscapes. And um, what I felt I could do with my background working in the public sector and the nonprofit sector and also being an artist was to bring together all those things to create an organization that would both complement with an E the work of the primarily volunteer-led organizations, Black organizations in our communities, and to also serve as an, a way to talk to um, the macro systems, the government organizations, the funders about the fact that we are uh, essentially better together uh, when we come together and everyone is included. So uh, following our North Star, uh, which is to promote true multiculturalism in New Mexico, the New Me Mexico Black Leadership Council was formed from a long history of, of both information and uh, research about what is needed to build a vibrant community. And what I'm also hearing you say, Catherine, is just a tremendous amount of, of building relationships and organizing. Yeah, there's a lot of that involved and, you know, certainly no one person can do it. And it just is a matter of like, you know, how are you in community and, you know, what is the leadership and the services required of you? Um, and at this at this point in time, um, I felt like the New Mexico Black Leadership Council um, would fill a, an unmet need in our communities. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Kendra, talk a little bit about some of the work that you're currently um, that you're currently doing. Absolutely. Um, so probably the biggest project we have going on as it ties into better together is uh, through our uplift initiative. So what Uplift is, is it's a um, program that we started. We saw in our communities, um, Black communities, international district um, communities, that there was a need to have information be in a place that's accessible um, and information that people can use to um, to better their community conditions, whether it be through workforce development, through COVID-19 um, hesitancy, increasing the confidence of people to take uh, the vaccines they need, um, whether it be for emergency rental assistance, um, how to vote, how to engage in civic, um, civic policymaking. 
Um, we wanted we wanted to provide a one-stop portal for people to be able to access this information. And so through the Uplift Initiative, we used our online tools as well as on the ground physical tools. Um, and when I say utilize, that also means we use community-based um, organizing strategies um, using, um, with the Better Together funding, we were able to um, give micro grants out to five organizations who we saw as um, they're mainly volunteer led. And we want to say the work that you're doing, um, you deserve to get paid for the work that you're doing. And what that work is, is uh, really going out into the community, uh, providing engagement, um, sharing the word, using our networks to let people know that they're our resources out and available and that we want to be um, be a steward to that process. So um, online on our website, www.nmblc.org, you'll see where you can find our uplift portal. And so that will have um, all the online resources that uh, people can partake in. And we also have on the ground, a uh, publication we call the Uplift Chronicles, and we distribute every month um, the chronicles. We distribute them to schools, to businesses, and to resident residential areas um, in the International District, and uh, as well as when we focus on Black communities here, we are opt to target the um, Black churches, Black barbershops, Black beauty salons, and so their co cohort members, they're also um, involved with these um, th with these groups. And so a big part of our work is working with our micro grantees to ensure that information is distributed so people um, in our communities can have the information they need. And that ties in directly with making sure people know how to access their vaccines. You know, if people have questions about COVID-19, you know, in the Black community, there's a lot of, there's been a lot of stigma um, associated with getting the vaccine. So especially in 2020, 2021, um, we used our avenues um, through collective impact organizing strategy to, to make sure people get the information that, that they need. Thank you so much. I appreciate hearing um, just the breadth of the work of the New Mexico Black Leadership Council. And um, I know that you just uh, opened up your new office space. And uh, Catherine, is there anything you'd like to say about that? <laughs> yeah, there's a whole lot I'd like to say about it. I think that it's a tremendous rite of passage for a and any organization to have a place. And I think for us as a Black-led organization to have space that we occupy that is available to the communities that we serve and really to everyone. Um, for all who want to come and do things and we don't have to ask permission um, from someone else who may not understand our mission and purpose. And if we wanna 
you know, in the building that we were in before, we were having something open to the community. We'd say, well, can we leave the gate open so people can come in and park? And they'd say, no, you can't do that. Or they'd say, you know, yeah, you can do that, but it's going to cost you, you know, uh, X number of, of ridiculous amount of dollars. And so now what we can say is, hey, we're going to leave the gate open because we're accessible and all who I often say come without drama are welcome. Um, some people, it's okay if you come with drama um, as long as it's it's drama that was created by your trauma that we can talk about and, and help to overcome. But having a place uh, opens up a lot of possibilities. Um, it also comes with a great deal of responsibility. So we have to be stewards of this place that that we just are are helping to coordinate um but that belongs to the whole community so i hope people are proud of the fact that that um that 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 we now have another space to congregate and if i if i hearken it back to um when my ancestors were enslaved like the only place that people could congregate uh, was in certain designated spaces that they did not own. And now I think, you know, we are moving forward and this rite of passage allows us to say new possibilities now. Thank you so much for that and congratulations. And I, I just love how um, you framed everything and gave us a little bit of history, but yes. Uh, having a space that is yours um, and to, I love the imagery that you gave us, Catherine, of the gate being opened. Yeah, you know, and and so we, we open the gate. We're not going to pull it back up behind us. You know, we hope that our gate being open means that others and gates will open and then those doors will open for individuals to know that it's okay for us to have our place-based strategies in that, you know, this is um, an area where uh, we get to decide what it's like. And I think that that's also, when I say responsibility, we are creating and hopefully co-creating what happens in this space. And so when we have the opportunity to create, um, I'm hoping that that every single time we're going to choose greatness we're going to choose excellence we're going to choose love we're going to choose um all the things that that come down on the good side of the ledger thank you let's talk a little bit about this better together coalition um catherine i'm going to ask you because i know that you spearheaded uh the involvement with the better together maybe a couple of years ago even. So um, will you just give our audience a little bit of context and background about Better Together, uh, the Infectious Disease Bureau and vaccine equity work? So I remember when I heard the name Better Together, I thought, wow, that's really interesting because um, I wanted to do um, a race um, a 5K race, and you're thinking, what does that have to do with vaccine equity? Hang with me one moment. Um, a 5K race in the heart of the International District, which, based on our engagement strategy of arts and events-based community development, really allows us to kind of walk our talk. So the race was called Pomoja, the race for equity. 
And Pomojan coincidentally means better together in Swahili. So when I heard about this better together grant that was uh, in order to from you know to overcome what they call vaccine hesitancy um, in an equitable way, making sure people had access um, to information about vaccines that would build trust. What I knew was that we had to look at that from an overall community perspective. And so I walked into it saying, okay, what is this about? And at its base level, it's about how many vaccine events did you do? How many, um, you know, uh, people uh, are, you know, talking about the vaccine in whatever format that might be. But at a higher level, we understand that it was an opportunity to move away from being transactional and discreet, just working at the base level, but also looking at a way to build long-term strategies and take a public health approach to real authentic community wellness in what had been historically excluded communities, the Black communities, international district, where we needed to rebuild trust and we literally needed to walk, run our talk, um, and so the Pomoja better together angle felt serendipitous. So when I went there, just like, you know, we have to really talk about equity. We have to talk about historic um, lack of investment and now how we move from being proactive uh, and how we move from being transactional and discreet to being proactive and transformational. And that's a journey. Uh, building infrastructure uh, certainly is. But what we hope at the end of the day is that as we continue knowing that that our uh, engagement is never one and done, but as we continue that what we have done is, is, is build infrastructure so that we not just have given information for people to be confident about taking the COVID-19 vaccine that saves lives, but that we also have created a mechanism so we don't have to reinvent the wheel the next time the inevitable crisis happens. Thank you so much for that. Kendra, I wanna come back to you and to something that you started talking about. Historically in black communities, there has been hesitancy to trust the government, health leaders, because there's been a history of, of abuse, terrible abuses. And so I'd like you to talk a little bit about your approach to working in vaccine equity and uh, why it's so important that there is an organization such as the Black Leadership Council leading this effort. Thank you. Um, let me think about, you know, the historical atrocities that have happened, right? Um, I'm thinking in the United States, the CIGI Institute, and um, I'm thinking even abroad, there's been a lot of medical terrorism that's been brought upon uh, persons of color around the world. Um, just when we think about science, you know, a lot of times science for it to progress, unfortunately, we've um, gone to certain communities and have done testing and different things. And you might say, oh, well, this was something for the greater good, but but you end up ruining the lives of different members in a community. So um, going into this work, thinking about COVID-19 and 
thinking about how in New Mexico, what do we need to do as an organization um, speaking to um, Black communities? Uh, what context should we bring to the conversation? Um, so as Catherine had said, you know, that we can start out as being trusted members and whatever information that we convey and communicate and share that people can receive it with confidence, right? So um, when we do this work, we we think about, we wanna talk about those issues about, you know, you might think this is something that it's not. We wanna say, this is not that, this is not, this vaccine is, is meant to prevent a death. Um, we think about, we need to think about how we can overcome different myths. So myths being like, oh, I, I'll get a heart arrhythmia if I get the vaccine, or I, you know, I'll be susceptible to this disorder if I get a vaccine, or I, I had a friend of a friend of a friend who said they, you know, caught something else when they got the vaccine. So our roles is to, to, to again, through our work, gain the trust of our community members. We're doing this through the Uplift program, through um, collaborating with our micrograntees um, and with other stakeholders in our community. Um, through the Uplift program, we have regular meetings with school faculty and staff, with uh, first responders, police, fire department. We wanna bring in everyone to talk about, you know, real issues that are happening in our community. So in order to talk about the vaccine, you have to speak about racism. You have to speak about different things happening in our neighborhood. We have to speak about crime. We have to speak about housing. We have to speak about all the things, right? And so, um, and we have to talk about, you know, medical terrorism that has happened in our community. So we have to talk about all the things at all the times. And I think that's that's a really pivotal thing for our work is we need to ensure that people trust us and we understand that we look at a person as a whole being. There's it's a holistic as a holistic being versus just saying, oh, we need to send you a document about COVID-19 and that's the end of our engagement. We never want to just give a person a piece of paper and say, oh, you read it, we're done with our work, right? We want to say, you are, we want you involved to help spread the word about COVID-19, but also how can we get involved with thinking about other issues that all of our community members are dealing with? So I think hopefully that answers your question about what we do at New Mexico Black Leadership Council to, to ensure that that trust is there and to make sure communication is is really transformative. Yeah, I just want to add, um, you know, thanks for that, Kendra, because I think that really encapsulates it. It's inner issue. It's not just the one issue people don't show up with saying, um, you know, treat my arm today, treat my my right arm today, my left arm tomorrow. They come, you know, with their whole person. And also that we do not deny that there has been a great deal of medical terrorism. So, you know, we're, you know, if, we, if we're talking to you about something, you're saying, no, I don't trust the government. Um, we're like, yeah. 
85% of you know Black people are saying, I don't trust what the government is telling me is true. There then are contingent of those individuals who even though they don't trust the government will still report that, that says, but yeah, I'm gonna go take the vaccine because I can see that it's gonna prevent some deaths. And that this is not that. It is not the medical terrorism that we have absolutely been subjected to. And what we say here is that no, no denial. There's no lie there. There has been a lot of medical terrorism. And we acknowledge it. We recognize the trauma that it has induced. And we want to move beyond that. Uh, let's figure out how we can do it. Thank you. Appreciate that. And I just also want to just, as I listen to both of you, mirror back that, Catherine, the investment that you have made in this community, in this state, that you are a trusted figure in the state of New Mexico. There's a little bit of that also of like, if Catherine McGill is involved in this, she has done her due diligence to make sure that it is something that is good to do or okay to do, or there's a lead there that you are trusted um, and respected because you have earned that. Thank you for saying that. Um, what I will tell you is that, um, you know, I, I have a great deal of love and respect for this community. And um, I went to a seminar where I heard this person talk about the fact that you have to have both passion and paperwork. And so I think we've got the passion, the paperwork and the receipts, and we have done um, what we said we we're gonna do. We haven't finished. There's a whole lot more to do. And what I would say to anyone listening and to those individuals in the macro system is that we need to continue to make investments. We have like maybe dipped the, our pinky toe in the water, um, but there's a lot more that needs to be done. And, um, you know, we're going to continue knocking on those doors. Thank you. Kendra. I know that you you all have created some beautiful media pieces, some beautiful storytelling around COVID and the impacts of COVID in our in our community, as well as um, some radio pieces on um, why to get the vaccine. Would you like to talk a little bit about that, and then we can also share um, one or two of your radio PSAs? Sure, absolutely. Um, so we know that um, radio is just one of many avenues we can reach people. And so um, we've worked with um, Byron Fidrell of 99.9 .9, The BFM to, to send radio ads specifically um, about COVID-19. And that radio ads, what they do is they route people to our Uplift website on our on www.nblc.org, and uh, the radio ads that you all have that we can share today, um, they're based on a uh, character that we created. Uh, her name is Glamma BB, and Glamma comes from like you know grandmother. When we think about you know, trusted figures in the black community, in our black communities, we think about our aunties and our, our grandmas, right? And so Glamma BB, Glam is, you know, she is glamorous. She's fabulous. She is, you know, the auntie that you want to have coffee with on a Sunday afternoon 
just to talk about life. And so Glamma and then Bibi means um, grandmother in Swahili. And so we created a character named Glamma Bibi to tell everyone about the facts of COVID-19 and uh, vaccine equity. And so we created a website called Glamma Beats that people can visit. And um, you'll see her um, image that we created. And she is just super duper cool, right? That you'll just want to listen to her and, and really want to um, understand exactly what she's saying. And Catherine McGill, do you want to tell the story about how you met the person who voices Glamma Bibi? Because she is, she is rather famous. Yes, Regina Taylor was my childhood friend and uh, is my childhood friend. And we grew up in Muskogee, Oklahoma, uh, back in the pseudo South in the late 60s. And we used to make plays in my backyard. And she has had a, a wonderful career on Broadway and um, on television. And and so when I thought about Glamma Bibi, I love her voice. And so I called her up and I'm like, Regina, would you voice this, these spots for us and help us create this character? And she said yes and came to Albuquerque when we we launched her back in, in August of last year. And we haven't done uh, enough, but, but I loved the commercials that we've done. And they've been airing since August, like, you know, in heavy rotation um, on a station that we feel like is our really big market. And um, so she is about like the knowing that you know that you know. And and her tagline is when you know better, you do better. And so that's what we hope people when they know better um, will adopt things like the vaccine, will do things about long-term community resiliency because they know better. We've talked about the resources, they know where to find them. And then we all do better when that happens. Thank you so much for that. So we're going to listen to Glamma Bibi. Glamma. Everybody knows that means mature and fabulous. Bibi. Well, Grandma in Swahili. Put it together and that means I know everything. Know the facts. Do the right thing. Glamma Bibi is the voice of reason in this season of so much need. If you need temporary assistance and want long-term solutions, follow Glamma Bibi for everything you need to know about NMBLC's Uplift Initiative. We're talking again with Catherine McGill and Kendra Hill from the Black Leadership Council. Is there anything else that you would like to share with our audience? So yeah, there's a whole bunch that we want to share. I want to say that um, I feel like we've, we've begun to do some paradigm shifts about what an appropriate public health approach is. I think we need to do a lot more um, in terms of figuring out how we um, do this work and how we do it together. And I've been studying um, a little bit the Omega Point um, which was a, a, a theory that came from um, a French Jesuit Catholic priest where he talks about being able to get to ultimate evolution where there is complete unity, where we go beyond diversity, equity, and inclusion to humanism. And we have the optimism that it can actually occur if we are the change that we seek. Yeah. Thank you for that. Appreciate that. Kendra, is there anything you would like to add? 
I don't know if I can top that. That's beautiful. <laughs> um, I, I also want to say, you know, with um, public health, there is so much we can do to ensure that there is e equity in all facets of public health. And so I'm glad that New Mexico Black Leadership Council, we're, we're just one piece of that. And um, I think about what I learned at my from my work here, um, I learned about Jim Collins, who talked about facing the brutal facts. And, you know, we cannot, as an organization, and you can think about organization as even a society, we can't think about how we can better things without confronting the brutal facts, right? So we want to ensure that people who don't have their full series of vaccinations have them. Um, any boosters that are required that they're accessible, um, you know, all throughout the state. So I'm really glad that we're doing this work and we needed to face the brutal facts together so we can um, we can triumph over over this issue together and just be better as a society as a whole. Thank you. Kendra, will you also, again, give the contact information for the New Mexico Black Leadership Council so that our listeners can get a hold of you? Absolutely. So our website is www.nmblc.org. And you can also email us at info, that's I-N-F-O at nmblc.org. And feel free to give us a call at a number. It's 505-407-6784. And we are at our new location at 1314 Madera Drive, Southeast, Albuquerque, New Mexico, 87108. I want to thank both of you for coming on to Generation Justice and talking about vaccine equity, the work the wonderful work of the New Mexico Black Leadership Council and sharing a little bit more with us. We will welcome you back at another time to have more discussions. Thank you so very much for your efforts and your organizing and for loving New Mexico the way that you do. Thank you, Roberta. Thank uh, we you. appreciate you um, also your and your team are doing wonderful work. Thank you. Thank you so much, Roberta. Thank you, Catherine and Kendra, for talking to us about vaccine equity and the work you've been doing. Thank you for helping Black communities and providing a space to grow and address the issues that occur. And to celebrate diversity and culture, it's extremely important to help push for vaccine equity and uplift our people. Thank you again for your very powerful work. Thank you, Catherine and Kendra, for allowing us the time to discuss your vaccine equity work. It is so important to understand why vaccine equity is important here in our state among our Black communities, and you both have offered some amazing insight. Thank you both again for advocating for Black communities in New Mexico. This next song was chosen by our wonderful guests, Catherine McGill and Kendra Hill. Here is None of Us Are Free by Solomon Burke.
I selected this next song called Masakali by Mohit Johan and A.R. Rahman. This is a song about liberation, freedom, breaking free, and flying high like a white dove. For Generation Justice, I'm Madhumita Santanam. We have an important vaccine equity announcement for you. The FDA and the CDC have approved another round of bivalent boosters for individuals over 65 years old and people with compromised immune systems. Again, there's another booster shot available for people over 65 years old or people who are immunocompromised. Eligible New Mexicans can get the second bivalent booster if it's been at least four months since their last COVID-19 shot. The New Mexico Department of Health is urging New Mexicans to get the second Omicron booster if they qualify to continue protecting themselves from the deadly and disabling COVID-19 virus. That's right. It is extremely important to stay up to date with all vaccinations. If you are eligible, visit vaccinenm.org and schedule an appointment today. Again, that is vaccinenm.org. Would you like to be more involved and connected with your community? Welcome to this week's Community Calendar. There's a lot going on in our beautiful community. We hope these events will inspire you to get involved and stay connected. Why don't you get us started, Adi? Of course. Tomorrow, Monday, April 24th, you can attend the Youth Advocacy Corps Town Hall, organized by the National Organization for Victim Assistance. They invite you to kick off National Crime Victims Rights Week with the launch of the Youth Advocacy Corps. The Youth Advocacy Corps is a program designed to empower youth and elevate the next generation of leaders. This event is located at the UNM Student Union Ballroom B from 9.30 to 11.30 a.m. If you'd like to learn more about this event, you can visit UNM underscore WRC on Instagram. Again, you can visit the University of New Mexico's Women Resource Center on Instagram at UNM underscore WRC for more information. What other events are coming up, buddy? Tewa Women United is having a parent support circle about infant massages on April 26th from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Parents, caregivers, babies, and children are invited to this event. You'll learn about the benefits of infant massages. This will be held at the Tewa Women United office at Fair 912 Fairview Lane in Española, New Mexico. And for more information, you can visit their website at tewawomenunited.org. Again, you can visit tewawomenunited.org to learn more about this event. Enjoy comedy with this next event. That's right. On Thursday, April 27th, you can enjoy the Native American All-Star Comedy Night with nonstop laughter. They have an amazing lineup of all-star comedians. There are two showings. The first showing will be at 5 p.m. and the second at 8 p.m. This event is located at the South Broadway Cultural Center on 1025 Broadway Boulevard. For ticket information, you can visit holdmyticket.com and look up Native American All-Star Comedy Night. For more information about this event, you can contact Georgia Michael at gmichael at cabq.gov or 505-848-1320 or dial the city at 311-505-768-2000. You can also join our friends at Partnership for Community Action for their Children's Day event. This event is filled with opportunities for community engagement, activities to participate in, and wellness that centers around both children and families. 
All the fun will be on Saturday, April 29th from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. It'll be located at the Social Enterprise Center on 722 Isleta Boulevard. Where can the listeners learn more information about this event? For more information and to register, you can visit Partnership for Community Action on Instagram at PCA underscore NM. Once again, that's PCA underscore NM for more information and to register for this event. And that's it for our community calendar. Tune in next week for more upcoming events. We hope you've enjoyed this hour of community, equity, and empowerment. We'd like to thank our guests, Catherine McGill and Kendra Hill. Tonight's Hour of Radio was produced by Roberta Rael and Barbara Ramirez, with production assistance from Sunandita Santano. We'd also like to thank Madumita Santano for her amazing commentary. We want to give a big shout-out to all of our youth producers. We could not do what we do without you. Generation Justice would also like to thank KUNM for bringing the voices of young people to you, KUNM listeners. Our website is generationjustice.org, where you can check out all of our multimedia work and listen to our podcasts, which are also available on SoundCloud, Apple, and Google Podcasts. We're also active on social media. Find us on Facebook and Instagram, and you can also follow our playlists on Spotify. Generation Justice is funded by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation, with additional funding from the NEE Casey Foundation, Guan Alma Health Foundation, the New Mexico Department of Health, Infectious Disease Bureau through the Better Together program, and Office of School and Adolescent Health. As well as the city of Albuquerque, Race Forward, Media Justice, and of course, all of you, who have contributed to our project by visiting our website and clicking Donate. Our opening song is Youth of the Nation by P.O.D. I'm Emilio Boale. And I'm Ariana Cordova. Coming up next on KUNM is Spoken Word, so stay tuned and join us next Sunday at 7 o'clock. Good night, New Mexico.